Hey, good morning, everybody. Great to see you here. Thanks for coming to welcome. Uh, thanks for coming to River Glen as we uh, wrap up this uh, series today called "Together Is uh, Better." I want to start out with a little question. I wonder if you've ever thought about this: that almost everything that we do in life is better together. You know, for example, I know some guys that like to work out. You know, together at the gym, they do it before the before they go to work or maybe uh, in the evening, and uh, they love to push each other and challenge each other. They love to help each other reach their potential. And they love to make the rest of us look bad. Yeah, they found that when they work out together, they work out uh, better. Some people have common interests, you know, maybe bicycling, snow skiing, water skiing, boating, collecting cards or something. And they find that those common interests are more fun and they're more satisfying when they do them uh, together. Everything in life is better uh, together. That's why you'll never hear of somebody winning an all-expense-paid trip for one, okay? Because a trip is better together, right? Almost everything in life is better doing it uh, together. And, and of course, that also applies uh, to following uh, Jesus. And so each weekend of this series, we've been talking about this big idea that uh, circles, you know, circles are better than rows. Now, I don't want you to get the wrong idea. We love rows. You know, we love having you here in rows and, and, and celebrating together what God is, is doing. I sat in a row last Sunday, had just a great experience. It was just a Awesome service. There's no place I'd rather be on, on the weekend than uh, right here, you know, in a row, you know, with you, gathered together, celebrating what God is doing. But I think of it this way, that uh, the weekend is the push, uh, not the point. I mean, you know, the goal, the point of River Glen is not to have you come and sit in a chair in a row and sing songs and hear a message and, and share communion. The goal is to change lives. The goal is to make more and better followers of, of Jesus. And so, you know, on the weekend, we try to inspire you, you know. We try to push you uh, to live the gospel, to live for Jesus the other six days of the week. And so the weekend service is the push, but it's not uh, the point. And that's why we believe that circles are even, even more important than rows. Because there are some things that happen in circles, okay, that just really can't happen in, in rows. Uh, for example, real needs are met in circles. Maybe somebody in your circle has a, a need during the week. You could just rally your circle, you know, around that person and meet their need. And, and we connect relationally and have a sense of belonging in a, in, a, in a circle. And praying for one another happens in a circle. People can have a positive influence on your life in the direction that you take in a, in a, in a circle. People are going to help you make wiser uh, decisions. I mean, you know, they don't call it a row of influence, do they? They call it a circle of influence. I think back to some of the most memorable, meaningful moments in my life. You know, I think, about, I think back to church camp. Uh, when I grew up every year, I went to uh, church camp for a week. And I think about sitting around the campfire at night and, and singing songs and being challenged to give my life uh, to, to Jesus. That happened in a circle. I, I think about my college days, you know, sitting in a dorm room with a bunch of guys talking about God, talking about scripture, and just dreaming, you know, of one day planting a church, starting a church, especially for people who don't necessarily even like uh, church. That happened in a circle. I think about my own family and how the fun moments, the best times, many of them happened ar around a dinner table, sharing a meal uh, together in a, in a circle. There's just some things that happen, you know, in circles that just don't happen in rows. Circles, circles bring a lot of good 
into our uh, lives. And circles also prevent some heartache. They prevent a lot of heartache. Brandon talked about this last week, how, you know, all of us are going to go through some, some tough times, some difficult, maybe heartbreaking circumstances that we might not see coming. And having a circle is going to help you through those difficult circumstances. I love the way Andy uh, Stanley, Pastor Andy Stanley describes a circle, a small group. He says, it's like a retirement account. Think about it. I mean, if you put it off and you don't invest in it, it's not going to be there when you need it. But if you start now, if you make it a priority, you can draw on it in your time of, of need. He goes on to say, I've never met anybody in authentic community whose broken heart left them uh, broken. Because those in a circle, they, they do much better uh, when they go through difficult times. That's why from the beginning of the Bible, we learned that we were never meant to live alone or to follow God alone. God's plan has always been for us to experience his blessings in circles of community. One of the first things that we learn about God in the Bible is that he's a triune God. He's, he's a trinity. He's three in one. Take a look at this scripture. This comes from Genesis chapter 1. We, we can just read over this and miss the plural pronoun. God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the, in the sky. Isn't that interesting? I mean, who's God, who's, who's God talking about here? I mean, us refers to uh, other, others, other uh, beings. It's, it's, it's plural. I take it that this is a reference to the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son. God, the Holy Spirit, which tells us that in God's very identity, there is relationship, there is love, there is togetherness, there is, there is a circle. I mean, the Father is not complete without the Son and the Holy Spirit. The Son is not complete without the Father and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not complete without the Father and the Son. God is like a circle of community. He's three in one. It's, it's, a, it's a mystery. And the Bible also says that we're made in God's image. In other words, God hardwired us with a need for other people, with a need for relationships, a need for a circle. That's why in the next chapter, God says it's not good for the man to be alone. And so he creates woman. And then we see this intention of God again a few chapters later in Genesis chapter 12 as God forms the first community of people known as his people. The, the, the Israelites, he sets apart a man named Abraham, who's also known as Abraham. And God tells Abraham that he's going to bless him. Look at what he says here in Genesis chapter 1, chapter 12, verse 1. Uh, the Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people and your father's household, to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. But I want you to notice something. This blessing here is not just meant for an individual. It's not just meant for one person. No, God seeks to create a community of people, a nation of people called Israel through Abraham in order to bless them in a huge way. And you know what? If you fast forward to today, that same blessing God promised Abraham, he offers to us as his people. Now, if you're in a small group, you have already probably experienced some of these blessings. I've talked with several of you and heard about your experiences in group. I've heard about the growth and the life change that you've experienced, the relationships that you've developed, the adventures that you've shared. Many of you, about half of you, have already experienced, you know, these blessings of God through your circle, your small group. But today, I want to focus on a particular challenge or opportunity for our small groups. Because you see, you see, the people of God aren't just blessed to be blessed. I'll say that again. 
the people of God aren't just blessed to be blessed. We are blessed to be a blessing. I want you to notice when God said to Abraham, I will bless you. He didn't stop there. He goes on to say, you will be a blessing. All people on earth will be blessed through you. You see, God blesses his people so that they can be a blessing. He doesn't just bless us for our own enjoyment. Although, I mean, he wants us to enjoy the blessings that he, he brings our way. But we're blessed. Why? Help, help me out here. We're blessed to be a blessing. Yeah. And here's what this means for our circles. Your circle, your small group is, is not just for you to consume blessing. Your circle is like God's conduit, okay, to bless others, to bless the world. And that's why our groups are not closed. That's why we want our groups to continually be expanding. That's why we want to make room for more and more people. But I know, you know, sometimes that's easier said than done. Maybe you've experienced this. Sometimes, you know, you come to love your circle so much that you want to keep it to yourself. And so, you know, we don't invite other people. We're afraid, you know, if anything changes, if, if our circle expands, it, it'll somehow lose the magic. And we can develop kind of a scarcity mindset. We get this idea in our head that if we include others, you know, somehow there won't be any left for me, as if, you know, God has a limited supply of, of blessing. Now, I'm not sure. I'm not exactly sure. I haven't figured out why we're that way with groups, because... We're not that way with other great discoveries. I mean, when you discover a new restaurant, what do you do? You know, you tell other people about it, right? I mean, you take a picture of your food, you put it on Facebook or, or Twitter, you know, and you show how great the food was, right? Imagine if we kept restaurants to ourselves. What if we said, you know, don't tell anybody about this great restaurant we found, or, you know, there might not be any food left for us. You know, no, no, we don't do that, right? Or, you know, how about if we discover a new store? You know, we get excited about that. A few years ago, they opened a Woodman's in a grocery store in Waukesha. There was a buzz recently, a, a Meyer big grocery uh, department store. There's a, there's a buzz. We love to tell people about a new store. This store, you know, is incredible. Now, I'm not a big shopper, uh, but recently my wife dragged me into a, a new store in, in Waukesha. Uh, it's called Five Below. Uh, and you know what? I loved it. And uh, I've gone back. And uh, anybody heard of it? Anybody know why they call it Five Below? Yeah, everything's $5 or less. Yeah, I, I went there, I bought a, uh, a phone charger uh, a few uh, days ago. Guess how much? Yeah, five bucks. And it's lasted a week already. <laughs> so far, so good. Yeah, um, it's great. You know, I've been telling people all about it. It's an amazing store. But sometimes when it comes to our small group, you know, sometimes we keep it to ourselves, don't we? You know, you know even though every single one of us at one time or another, we've been the outsider. And we were welcomed into a circle. We, we still have hesitations about inviting others. We start having thoughts like this. You know, I'm not really comfortable. I might, I might not be comfortable, you know, talking if there, if there are new people there. Or, you know, maybe we ought to really just focus on getting to know, you know, the people that already come to the group. Or, you know, if we grow, if more people come, we'll have to start a new group and I'll, and I'll lose my friends. And you know what? Those are all valid feelings. I'm not going to tell you you shouldn't feel that way, okay? Because you know what? I've had those same feelings. My wife Marnie and I, over the years, we've led many different groups. And a couple times the group has grown in spite of the leaders, which is a good thing when a group grows and, and people want to be a part of it. I mean, if you want to keep your group from expanding and just make it, you know, a, a, a bad, just make it a really bad experience for people, okay? You know, don't, 
no snacks, you know, don't tell them the right start time. Um, I've got other ideas, see me in the lobby, I'll, I'll tell you, you know, if you want to keep your group, how to keep your group really, really small, keep it from growing. But a, a couple of our groups grew and expanded as far as they could, and we had to birth another group to create room for more people. And so Marnie and I, we left and launched a new group, and you know what? We missed our old group. We missed our friends. It wasn't easy. And that's why I believe when it comes, uh, that's why I believe we've got to challenge one another when it comes to these hesitations. Why? Because we're not blessed just to be blessed. We're blessed to be a blessing. And, and I'm confident God has an unlimited supply of blessings. Now, I want to tell you one more story to illustrate what I'm, what I'm talking about. It's a story about a guy uh, by the name of Peter and how he faced a challenge to expand his circle. Peter was part of the inner circle around Jesus, a circle that was called uh, the apostles, okay? 12 of them, he's part of that group. Now imagine if they didn't expand that circle. Imagine if they didn't include uh, other people. I mean, heaven might be a very lonely uh, place. But there's something important to understand about Peter and his circle. Up to this point, the church was really a closed circle. The, the, the new followers of Jesus, the new uh, people of, of God, they all came from the old people of God. They all, came from, they all came from Israel. They were all Jewish. They were all descendants of, of Abraham. And so, you know, one day Peter's on the roof of a house where he's staying in Joppa. And he's having his daily prayer time. And God gives him a vision. Peter sees a sheet, you know, falling down, you know, from the sky. And it's filled with animals, birds and, and, and reptiles that a law-abiding Jewish person would have nothing to do because all the, all the animals on that sheet were considered unclean and un, untouchable. Unlike the Gentiles, there was a strict uh, dietary code that all the Jewish people followed. But then Peter hears a voice telling him that these animals are no longer unclean. They're okay. And the voice even tells him it's okay to eat these foods. Now, at first, Peter doesn't believe what he's hearing what the voice is saying, but then the voice from God says to him, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. And so three times Peter sees this vision and he hears this voice before it's all taken away and then he's left to ponder his thoughts, okay? And while he's lost in his thought, somebody knocks at the door. There's three men and they say, we've been sent by Cornelius, a Roman centurion. He had a vision where an angel told him to send for you, Peter, so that you would come and, and so that he, could, he and his family could hear what you have to say. And so Peter has a vision. The Roman centurion has a vision. They, they line up. Maybe God's up to something. And you might think, well, of course, Peter's going to go, you know, to, to, to see Cornelius. Because, you know, Peter's one of the apostles. He's a super Christian. He's on a mission, you know, to expand his circle and, and help more people find and, and, and follow Jesus. But you know what? Peter actually had all sorts of hesitations just like you and I. First of all, even though Cornelius is described as God-fearing, he was not an Israelite. He was not part of the circle of the people of God. Second, even more, Cornelius is part of the Roman army, the occupying army that oppresses the Israelites. He's part of the enemy of Peter's people. But perhaps Peter's greatest hesitation for centuries, any contact with Gentiles, was strictly prohibited. Yet in spite of these hesitations, because of this vision that God gave to him, Peter goes uh, with them to the city of Caesarea. He goes to Caesarea, and he walks into the house of uh, Cornelius, and here's what he says to them. He says, you are well aware it's against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. 
But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. Isn't that cool? Uh, Peter, Peter had no hesitation. Uh, there was no hesitation that would keep Peter from an opportunity to expand the circle of God's people. You know, this story reminds me of a trip I took uh, last November with a group of people. We went over to Israel. We landed in, in Tel Aviv, and, and, and guess, where the, guess where we went first? The first place that we visited, Caesarea. Yep, right where, right where this story all takes place. Now, to be honest, Caesarea was not like high on my list to visit, but it made a big impact on me. As we looked around, we saw these Roman structures Massive Roman structures all over the place. These were built in the first century, and they still stand. And it just hit me how the Romans and, and the Jews were just totally different. The Romans had great wealth and power. They believed in many gods. They worshipped pleasure. And it must have been tempting for those first Christians to keep their circle closed. But Peter shares the gospel with the Roman centurion, uh, Cornelius, and he says yes to Jesus, and Jesus removes every barrier, and he makes them one. Now, I don't know about you, but, you know, it seems to me like our world today is just filled with more closed circles than ever before. I mean, people are joining hands, but they're not building circles. They're building walls to exclude uh, other people. But, you see, we have the opportunity to be like Peter, to be the people of God, blessed to be a blessing and welcoming all people into our circle. See, the church, the church is the one place in our world, the one place in our society where all the barriers that divide people come down and age lines blur, marital status blurs, ethnicities blur, economic lines blur. I mean, where else does that happen in our world? And it's because God's dream for his church has always been that walls come down and people from different backgrounds and ages and races and ethnicities and Democrats and Republicans and liberals and conservatives and, in, and independents and Packer fans and even Viking fans all circle together and are made one in Jesus and that's what happens when this Roman centurion Cornelius and everyone in his household accepts Jesus and gets baptized. They were the first non-Jewish people to become part of the new people of God. You could make a case that if Peter had not crossed that barrier and expanded his circle, you know, none of us here who are not Jewish would have ever had the opportunity to find and follow Jesus. And you know what? Now we're called to be a blessing. Now we're called to expand our circles. And so let me ask, what's keeping you? from expanding your circle. What is it? What's keeping you from expanding your circle? Because when you expand your circle to include other people, you're not just helping somebody make some new friends. You're helping them find Jesus and a love they won't find anywhere else and a hope that'll get them through whatever circumstances they're dealing with and a purpose that's gonna give meaning, new meaning to their life. And so here at River Glen, we encourage everybody to engage in five practices that help us bless other people and expand our circles. The, word, the, 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 the practice is form an acrostic that spells the word blessed. And I wanna walk through this briefly with you because I think these are some of the most practical ways that we can bless other people. To begin with, the letter B, begin with prayer. Begin with prayer. That's what Peter did. Did you notice that it was during Peter's daily prayer time that he receives this vision from God? Peter 
began with, with prayer. So if you're sitting here wondering, you know, who do I bless? Maybe for you the first step is to pray and ask God for the opportunity to bless somebody. Here's how this works for me. I, I like to begin my morning. Most mornings I start out and I read some scripture and, and then I'll journal. I'll write my prayer on my laptop and I'll just ask God, who do you want me to bless? Who do you want me to include in my circle? And I'll, I'll write down some, some specific names and I'll look for an opportunity. So begin with prayer. The second letter is L for listen. Can you imagine the ground that we would gain in breaking down walls? breaking down uh, barriers that divide us, if we just got better at listening. I mean, what if we got like, you know, our doctorate in, in listening? Just imagine, just think about the change that we could see in our world if instead of, you know, vocalizing all our differences on Facebook and Twitter and other forms of social media, we would listen to people's struggles and heartaches and dreams for the future. God, help us. Bless others by getting better at listening. And then third, here's my favorite one. Uh, e stands for eat. Yeah, I mean, there's just something special that happens when we sit down and share a meal. I think that's why Jesus, he's frequently eating with other people. You read about that in the Gospels. Eating is like putting salt on food. It, it brings flavor to the relationship. It helps the friendship to taste better. You know, I, think, I thought this was really cool. I learned this week that our high school ministry, Slife, they meet on Sunday night. They've started eating together. Once a month, they come early and they bring food and they share a potluck dinner. They have a, they have a meal uh, together and they hang out uh, together to expand their circle and strengthen their relationship. That's a good example of blessing others by eating with them. And then the first S is for serve. As you pray and listen and eat and build relationships with those outside your circle, it'll become apparent how you can serve them, you know. You know, maybe somebody's new to the community and they're just kind of struggling to get connected in friendships. Invite them to your circle. Invite them to your small group. Maybe it's somebody who's in a tight spot financially and perhaps your small group could meet that need. It could be a new mom or dad who's struggling as a parent. Connect them with other parents. The first S is about recognizing the needs in the lives of other people and then looking for ways that you and your circle can meet those needs. Finally, we've got the last S, which stands for story. When the time is right, I think it'll be apparent, usually someone will ask, and you will have the opportunity to tell your spiritual story. Very often what people will do is they'll just kind of lean in, and they'll say, you know, why are you even doing this for me? And you have an opportunity to tell them who you are as a Jesus follower, and when you do, be real about it. Tell them about your struggles and your doubts and your difficulties that, that you've experienced Share with them how your circle has helped you walk this path. Now, I know these five uh, blessed practices here might seem simple, but I'm telling you, if we will really, you know, lean into these and put our heart into these, uh, these practices will change the lives and bless other people. So who's God calling you to bless? How is God challenging you to expand your circle? Because there's no greater blessing we can give to someone than to help them find and follow Jesus. And there's no better place to do that than within the context of a circle, a small group. Many, many years ago, it was, it was actually over 60 years ago, my, my, my parents, they met each other and they got married and they bought a house. They bought their first house over in West Dallas. And then uh, they had their first child, uh, their, 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 their first born son, my, my oldest brother, uh, Billy. Now, my parents had their challenges. They were, they were very different. My mom uh, grew up in an Armenian home. Her parents immigrated to this country. They didn't 
read or write English, if you ever saw the movie My Big Fat Greek Wedding, that's my mom's family right there. Yeah. My dad, I mean, total opposite. My dad grew up on a farm in North Carolina during the Great Depression, and uh, they were so poor, my dad dropped out of school in second grade to work on the, on the farm. And then when he turned 18, he left, left North Carolina, he joined the uh, Navy. They sent him over to the Great Lakes Naval Base, and one weekend he came up to Milwaukee. My mom loved to tell the story about how she just randomly met my dad in a Walgreens in downtown Milwaukee. So they got married, and they had a child, but there was a lot of stress. Jesus, church, not part of their life. But they bought a home in West Dallas right next door to Howard and Shirley Salmon, who were Jesus followers. In fact, Howard was a leader. He was an elder in the uh, local church. Howard and Shirley had a daughter uh, named Becky, same age as my brother Billy. One day, Becky invites Billy to vacation Bible school at her church, which is like summer camp. We, we call it AOK at River Glen in the summertime. And you know what? I thank God they had an open circle for my brother. They put my brother in this play, you know, for, for kids, and uh, my parents had to go, and, and they watched my, my brother in this little play at this church. And then Howard and Shirley opened their circle to my parents, and they studied the Bible with my parents, and eventually they baptized my parents and my uh, brother. But it all began with a decision to expand their circle and bless the family next door. And it made all the difference in my family. Just imagine the blessings and the healing and the peace and the hope that would come, you know, into our families, our neighborhoods, our cities, you know, our world. If everybody would get invited into a circle. We've got many circles here at River Glen. A lot of great circles, a lot of great uh, small groups, bunches of them. And you know what? Many of them take this very seriously. And they want to bless other people and expand uh, their circle. And so I want you to hear from uh, some people who, who attend uh, one of these groups. So take a look at the screens. I'm Brett Jorgensen. I'm Steve Buck. I'm Lori Belmer. We joined a small group about 20 years ago when River Glen first started. I joined a small group because I was personally invited by a friend. My my recollections, <laughs> it's like 18 years ago, but it was right after we joined River Glen. Um, our neighbor um, had actually invited my wife and I to River Glen, and um, I think he kind of was the guy that was helping to start a men's group at that point. It was funny to watch God kind of work through that first group and, and how every one of us kind of found a different role where we could be there for our families, so it was, it was very cool. Um, I would describe our small group like an extended family. Um, whenever, you know, there's anything good or bad going on in our lives, it's just a place we can come and share that. And everyone's either really happy for you or they're really concerned or they're lifting you up in prayer. Well, and to, to Lori's point, not all of us have our actual families in the area. So the small group does when things are going wrong or you need a babysitter or you need help or, you know, who knows what it is. But you, we were talking earlier, okay, we aren't very good at asking for help. But sometimes the group will actually force themselves upon you. And, and that's really what you need. You just don't know it. Right. So that, that's another place. You know, without family, without, you know, you've got a group of friends that, that are rallying around you to support you, good and bad, whatever's going on. So uh, a couple of years ago, my wife's father passed away. And 
um, at the funeral, we're in the lobby, and there are a lot of their church people coming through and the family people, and then um, our small group kept filtering in and coming through and coming through. And um, sometimes we have more like a small church, not a small group. So <laughs> probably 20 people came through to this uh, funeral, and, and uh, it really struck Sue's family, especially Sue's mom, wondering who are all these people and why are they all here on a weekday? And uh, so she was really impressed that um, our small group was there for us and, and loved us enough to take time out of their day to, to be there for us. I've had brain cancer um, back in 08, 09, kind of 09. I mean, literally, I needed rides to get places, and we put together this driving list. And we had people that, it was the list was filled in five minutes, and, and honestly, people were mad that they couldn't help. It was, yeah. it was ridiculous. Yeah. It really was. You know, one way that our small group really rallies around people, or, you know, us in particular, from personal experience, over the last few years, our son Bo um, was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease and he suffered a severe injury um, playing a sport in college. So the last two years, you know, our group has really rallied around us. Um, when Bo was injured, he needed rights also to physical therapy and many people in our small group did that for him because, um, you know, we were working and he couldn't drive. Um, he's been sick on and off for the past year and. You know, we've just asked for lots of prayer and, you know, it, it went beyond that because like all the women in my small group, which there's many, they were sending me text messages like almost daily. Like I would get a message from almost every single one of them or at least a couple times a week just asking me how he was doing and that has carried on for like the last year. So if someone's thinking about joining a small group, I would definitely encourage them. I think the biggest thing for me was um, my faith was kind of in neutral before I joined a small group. Um, I just struggled moving forward, getting to know God better, and, and uh, I, uh, I got with people that we did life together and moved forward together. I mean, that's really our men's group, is we live life together. So we were invited to be in a small group by Stephen Subak. We didn't know what a small group was. Um, it felt really awkward at the time, but for some reason, we just decided we would try it, and we're very happy that we did it. I love that uh, video. I mean, who wouldn't want to be part of a group like that, you know? That's a blessing, isn't it? I love the way they're not just blessed to be blessed. I mean, they are blessed to be a blessing. And so I've got a, a few invitations for you. I've got three invitations for you today as I wrap it up and as we wrap up this series. Uh, first of all, uh, for those of you not in a circle, if you're not in a circle, if you're not in a group, join one. Get in one. And you know what? Now is the perfect time. Now is the ideal time. We're getting ready to launch a bunch of groups. We have an event after this service in the uh, Family Life Center that you're invited to. It's called Group Link. And there's lunch, there's childcare, and uh, it's not too late. We've got room for you. You can, you, can, you can check it out and see all the different circles, all the different groups, and maybe one of them would be a great fit uh, for you. So if you're not in a group, uh, you know, get yourself uh, in, a, in a group. And then second, for those of you that are already in a small group, I, I want to challenge you, and I want to invite you to bless someone by expanding your group and including them. And here's why. Because there's stuff that happens in circles that, that just doesn't happen in rows, okay? Expand your, your, your circle. And then third, I want to invite you, I want to invite everybody uh, to share in communion today, to remember how Jesus uh, sacrificed himself to forgive our sins and to remove 
every barrier that divides us so that we could be uh, together with God and with each other. You know, sometimes people ask me if it's okay if they uh, take communion. Maybe they're new, you know, maybe they're a guest, and, uh, you know, they're, they're not sure, you know, if, they're, if, if it's an open communion. A few years ago, I went on vacation and visited a church far away from here, and you know what happened? When it came to communion time, uh, I was not invited. Yeah, they had a closed uh, communion. Some churches have a, a closed communion. Some churches have an open communion. And, and especially if you're new, you know, it can be a little, little confusing. It, it can even be uh, awkward. And so here's how we do communion. Let me explain how we view uh, communion. And I'm not trying to, you know, put down other churches, but I just want you to understand uh, how we practice it. Uh, here's how we view it. This is not River Glen's communion. Communion is not between you and River Glen. Uh, this is Jesus' communion, okay? And communion is really, it's between you and Jesus. And we believe Jesus wants communion open to anybody, absolutely anybody who says yes to following him. Now, you know, um, if you'd rather uh, not participate, that's fine, you know, no, no pressure. But when you're ready, when you're ready, I just want you to know that our communion is uh, open uh, to you. So let me pray for us. And uh, then we're going to pass communion, and then Brandon's going to come up in a few minutes, and he's going to share some inf information, more information with you about circles and, uh, that I really want you to hear. So let me pray for us. God, we're thankful for your blessings in our lives. And God, God we recognize we're not, we're not blessed uh, just to consume the blessings, although you do want us to enjoy them, but we are blessed to be a blessing. And so God, would you help us to expand our circles to the people that you put in our path, Perhaps people that are not like us. Perhaps people that might even make us uncomfortable. Would you help us to become uh, the people of God that you intend us to be, like Peter? And right now we, we remember and we, we thank you for the greatest blessing of all, your son Jesus, who came into this world and died on a cross and then came back to life to forgive our sin, to remove every barrier so that we can have relationship with you and relationship with one another, now and forever. Thank you for that blessing. And it's in Jesus' name, amen.